Hello Internet, I'm uh, DC and welcome to Fantasy Football USA, an American-based fantasy football uh, vlog, blog, podcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, not your American garbage, not with the touchdowns, no touchdowns or cheerleaders here. This is all about ball and feet, um, yes, otherwise known as soccer, which will be the first and last time I say that dreaded S word. Anyway, each and every week I'll preview and review the fantasy football world and offer my input. I've never played the sport professionally, or uh, I'm, I don't consider myself an expert. This is all just my opinion. What makes this concept a little bit different from all the other blogs out there? Well, two, there's two factors, really. One, I'm based in the US of A, where every Premier League game is available to watch at my leisure. It's quite nice to have that option. Whereas back in the UK, I recall only catching the odd game on a Sunday or Monday night. Two, I'm a mad Blackburn Rovers fan, so for the time being, all my opinions on Premier League teams and players, I show no bias. Obviously, there are teams I and players I despise more than others, um, but for all intents and purposes, I am as fair as they come. So let's waste a little more time and jump straight in. Game on. Well, summer's wrapping up nicely, which is always a good sign for football fans, as it means our great sport has returned from hibernation. Over the preseason, we saw a few movers and shakers in the transfer window. Uh, Liverpool been particularly busy bringing the likes of Christian Bentenke, James Milner and Firmino to name but a few. Other big hitters out there was Manchester United, also spending a few bob on bringing in Memphis to pay, Bastian Schweinsteiger and Sergio Romero among others. You know, uh, Schneiderlin also was, uh, was, was snapped up there. Some people have given the Transfer of the Year award to uh, Arsenal already after they swoop for ex-Chelsea numero uno Peter Cech. He could be the missing piece to their Premier League title winning puzzle. One huge factor I noticed over the summer was the sudden influx of Dutch players. Five current national players have joined over the summer. Uh, the aforementioned Depay at Manchester United. Jermaine Lenz has gone to Sunderland. Jorginho Wijnaldum went to Newcastle. Martin Skeltenberg and Jordi Classe both went to Southampton. Excuse any bad pronunciations in that bunch. Anyway, the majority of these players I feel add class to the Premier League and I look forward to seeing them play over the next season. Having said all that, there's also been an influx of uh, French players too, from uh, Ligier 1, or however they say it. Um, the, the, you know, it's, it, why all of a sudden? You know, I, I believe it's it's down to the price of domestic players in the UK. You know, just check out the, some of the deals happening in the Championship. You know, with Stuart Downing. You know, there's talks of, of Middlesbrough trying to smash out 12, 14 million on Jordan Rose. That's all funny money. And also take a look at. Uh, Chelsea's current pursuit of John Stones at Everton, 30 million. Is he a 30 million pound defender? I don't think so. He's good, but he ain't that good. Um, so that's why I think, you know, more teams are looking abroad, especially in the Dutch uh, and, and, and the French leagues. They're, they're part of the, the second tier of the European leagues behind Bundesliga, behind La Liga and behind the Premier League. You know, they're in the next batch. Uh, outside the transfer window, there's been a few managerial changes with uh, male buddy uh, Big Sam moving out the exit door at West Ham. He's been replaced by old Hammer, Slavin Bilic. You know, that's been a long time in the making. He was sniffing around um, after one of the major football international tournaments when he was the boss of Croatia. There was talk back then. So he's now back. He's in the Premier League as a manager. We'll see how that goes. I don't know if it's going to be as, as sweet as they can uh, you know that that they expect also big uh well john carver and nigel pearson were both given their marching orders and replaced by steve mclaren and claudio ranieri both for newcastle and leicester respectively i think there's going to be a mix 
mixed bit of news for those guys over the year, over the season. I think uh, McLaren will do all right. Ranieri, I think he might be one of the first to be shown the boot. Um, yeah, this season. Also, we welcome Norwich, Watford, and first time as Bournemouth to the Premier League. Whoa! They have replaced the departed QPR, Hull City, and M's comebacks down the road, Burnley. What you heard? What else we got going on here? Uh, so that's basically the major developments that have happened over the preseason. So let's move on to the next section of the show. Previews. Okay, I don't want this to waste too much time, but I'll give you a quick review, a quick preview of the up-and-coming season to the Premier League. I'll give you my tips for relegation, top four, top goal scorer, and any surprise packages I think that will happen this season. Let's start with the relegation. We always look to the promoter size when you first think about relegation, and this season is no different. However, I feel one of them will last the pace and cause a few surprises, and that will go to Bournemouth. Even with their small squad, I think the playing style of uh, the ex-scumbag uh, manager, Eddie Howe, um, I think he will uh, do just enough to keep Bournemouth in, in the Premier League for another season. Watford and Norwich, however, I think they'll be one or two of my three for the drop. Joining them, it's going to be, I think, a shootout between Sunderland or Leicester City. And if I have to call it right here, right now, I think it's going to be Leicester City who will face the drop in the end of the season in May. Okay, up to the top four. Let's go to the top four. Uh, well, you know, you've got the usual guys up there in the mix. Just like every year, Chelsea, Manchester United, uh, City, uh, you know, who else? Uh, Arsenal, yeah. They're always going to be there or thereabouts. Um, so here we go, but I'm going to do it in reverse order. So starting in the fourth spot, I think it will just, you know, it will be a tough battle. I think Manchester United will just sneak the top of the fourth spot this year. Uh, they're going to have a tough battle with Liverpool and maybe, you know, some of the other boys down there, Spurs, will be scrapping out with them. Uh, I think they're missing a top striker to lead their line. Uh, and if they don't get a move on and sign someone within the next couple of weeks, they're going to be left with Wayne Rooney, uh, Hernandez, Wilson, you know, and then relying a lot on midfield. But they've got, you know, got a tasty midfield, but, you know, I think they're, they're, they're missing something up front and they should go out and snap someone up now. They've got the cash, might as well do it. Uh, who else we got? Next into third spot, I think I'm going to go with Manchester City. You know, uh, Sergio Aguero's goals, you know, can win the title. Uh, you know, he's pretty much a one-man band. I know, yeah, that's a bit of a, a bit of a uh, exaggeration. You know, there's a lot of quality in that team, but without Sergio Aguero's goals, you're going to be you're going to be fifth place. You know, so he is he is Manchester City. He's the one who's going to be you know delivering the points. Um, without if he Duffs his leg up or something like that, they're going to be scrapping it out. And I don't think Wilfred Bonny is going to be a good replacement. You know, uh, they've they've just got rid of Joe Jovetic. Zeko's gone. Um, you know, so without Aguero, they're going to be struggling. And I think that's going to be one of the reasons why they ain't going to go any any higher than third. I think he's he's great. He's an excellent excellent uh, uh, goal scorer. But you know, you're putting too much pressure on one man. Um, so I think they will just fall short in third. Into second spot, a bit of surprise compared to all the you know the the high-profile pundits out there. I'm going to go with Chelsea. Uh, you know Mourinho, it's, it always seems to pull it out of the bag, but I think this year they've not really done too much to develop their squad. Yep, they had, they had enough last season to go all the way, but they just lost a, a, their a major goalkeeper. They brought in a couple of. You know, players to add depth to their squad, but not real. They've not really added any quality. And the same in the scenario with um, compared to Manchester City is uh, Costa. 
he goes down. You know, you're looking at uh, Lorik Remy and uh, a, a bit of a, I don't know, shoddy Falcao to uh, bang you some goals in. So, um, they, you know, it's not going to be, uh, you know, they're not going to fall short by 20 odd points. They're going to be, you know, four or five points uh, short at the end of the day. And I think the number one spot, you know, it's been a long time coming, but I think Arsenal are going to take it this year. I think they've they've they had a quality squad last year. They've they've strengthened with their goalkeeper. That's the, you know they've been lacking this quality goalkeeper for ten years now, maybe even maybe even more than that. You know this is huge. Um, but they, they do have a, a weak defence. I think you know the, you, you know Mertesacker is not the greatest. Uh, Kashani is pretty good, but you know you know a bit wobbly at times. You know, uh, then then any injuries to those two centre backs, you're going to be bringing in some inexperienced bunch. So you know they they've, they've got quality midfield. They do lack a striker, but I think you know with Sanchez you got goals, Walcott you got goals, uh, Giroud you got goals, and they've got some uh, promising other youngsters in there too. You know, uh, Joel Campbell he might get a shout, I doubt it, but he might. And they might, I think they've still got one ace up their sleeve this summer before the window closes, and I think they're going to snap up somebody pretty high profile to bag their goals in they're going to be they're going to sign an Aguero or a Costa type player it might be Benzema it might be someone else but it's going to happen and that will probably be the uh, magic on the top uh, top goal scorer no brainer here Sergio Aguero I think you know, as long as he stays fit he'll bang in the goals and he'll be streaked ahead of everybody else surprise package it's a tough one this time I'm going to go with um, you know I like the looks of uh, Crystal Palace and Newcastle uh, however, I think uh, Palace will be the dark horse, uh, and then they'll probably reach top eight this season, possibly beyond. Team selection. So let's get back to business. Let's talk fantasy. So I decided to chronicle my uh, fantasy football season this this season uh, through my uh, blog vlog entries, uh, and I feel I've developed as a fantasy football player over the past six or seven years I've been uh, playing. Um, I'm going to inform you each week about players to watch, review last week's stats keep you up to date with my team selection transfers that kind of stuff anyway let's look at the boys that i think will kick off my season you know you get 100 million you got to pick 15 players uh these are my boys that are going to kick us off here we go between the sticks i've gone for martin skeltenberg from southampton I paid a cool five five million for him why i think southampton got a tight defense uh, and, and, which they showed last year and I feel that Loney Skeltenberg will fill the temporary void made by uh, the injury to regular first team goalie uh, Fraser Forster um, as he uh, he kept quite a few clean sheets last, last year with him out they needed a quality goalkeeper they brought in Skeltenberg on loan and he's uh, you know former Dutch Dutch number one and I still you know think he'll do the business uh, this season in defence I've opted for Ryan Bertrand again of Southampton you know, with their solid defence, 4.5 million. Sorry, tell a lie. 5.5 million. You know, bit of a bargain. He's got a bit of an injury. I'm not sure if he's going to play this weekend or not. But I'm going to go with him anyway. Um, and last year's haul of 140 points uh, was too good to to turn down. So you know, when you when you see a defender with 140 points, you think you know one of the big boys. You know, you think uh, Skirtle, John Terry, um, Lane Baines, that kind of thing. But 5.5 million, snapping that bad boy up. Alongside him, I've opted for John Terry of Chelsea. Bit of a luxury player, costing 7 million. You know, 
his points over the years, you know, tell no lies, he's going to get points. Uh, he might not be the nicest player in, or person in, in, in the real world, but he's a solid footballer by no means. Also in the middle of defence, I'm going to go with a bit of a, a bit of a rogue one here. Uh, I'm going to go with Aston Villa's new signing, Mikhail Richards. He's a bargain at 4.5 million. I think he's going to be a bit of a he's going to be a regular Villa. And expect expect him to be a lot stronger in the back this year, and uh, I believe they're going to finish up in the old mid table somewhere. Uh, and I class Richards as a bargain buy. I think you should snap him up. Uh, 4.5 million, you know, which will then you know, free up a bit more cash to spend elsewhere. Uh, next up, my last defender in my starting eleven is a former Rover. Yes, Scott Dan, the big boy, has been in great form since he arrived at Crystal Palace, and I feel I've. Uh, you know, I've mentioned Palace earlier that they're going to be a surprise package next season. And with Dan at the back, they have a potential England player on their hands. And for five million, they don't come much better than that. Okay, it's midfield. I've gone for a three-man midfield uh, with strong bodies all over the shop. Starting off with Aaron Ramsey of Arsenal. He's another luxury buy, 8.5 million. Game changer, goals and assists are plenty. Uh, in fact, the only the negative to him is the fact that Arsenal have got so many quality midfield players. Is he going to is he going to start every game? Who knows. Um, a lot joining him in the middle. Uh, I've also I've gone for another Southampton player, my final Southampton player, Dusan Tadic. Hefty seven million pound price tag, but you're going to find out with midfield players they're going to be pricey six six million plus um, for anyone decent that is. Uh, and I know that uh, Tadic is a Southampton penalty taker. You know, they've got some little uh, fancy fancy players. Uh, you know, Pele, he's going to go down in the box. He's an Italian little drama queen. You know, you're going to get penalties and Tadic will be one banging them in. So, 7 million. You know, he chalked up uh, he chalked up over 100 points last year, which is, you know, what you're looking for. You're looking for 100 plus uh, to be in on there or thereabouts. You know, I'm not going to win the league. I'm not going to be number one. I'm just going to, you know, I want to be in the mix. Gonna be in the mix, and finally, no-brainer in midfield. I've gone for probably the most expensive midfielder in the bunch, Eden Hazard. You know he's knocked up, you know, 200 points, uh, you know, in the past couple of seasons. Uh, you know, it's bonkers, really. You know, you, you, you've got to go for it uh, to be in with a shout. Uh, into the attacking the the, the strikers. Again, front free. I've opted for a bit of uh, quality and cheapness. You know, a bit, uh, bit frugal, but uh, I think I've got enough here to, to give me up to a nice, good start in weekend. Here we go. So uh, I'm going for 6.5 million. Right, let me back up a second, back up a second. So Dutan Dutan Tadic, 7 million. Uh, Eden Hazard, a whopping 11.5. Just uh, putting that out there. Okay, so up front. Sadio Barinho, yep, Italian sounding name, but he's actually uh, in England, uh, 6.5 million, you know, he's a bargain still at this rate, you know, you'd think he might be closer to eight, but for 6.5 million, I think you know, he's going to do the same, he's not left West Brom, if he'd left West Brom, I probably wouldn't have picked him, because he probably would have went to a bigger side, and he wouldn't have got the game time, so West Brom, they've got no one else, they're going to rely on him, he's going to score eventually, at some point, uh, 148 points last year for that kind of money taking it next up another rover how many is that now in the team uh two two this is my second rover x rover big rudy gestead you know six million for me i think it's a bargain he's a premier league unknown quantity 
but I think uh, Villa are going to play to his strengths. You know, he's tall, he's lanky, he's going to head the ball in the back of the net. Uh, and right now they've got no one else. You know, they've got no one else up front. He's going to be their, ma- their main man until something changes. Until something changes, I'm sticking with Rudy Gestead. Six million, you know, bargain, bargain. Uh, next up, probably well, the most expensive player in the book, in the whole league, is Sergio Aguero. Again, like I said earlier, he's going to be the top scorer in the Premier League as long as he stays fit. Uh, you know, uh, he's had a bonkers amount of points over the past few years since he's been in the Premier League. So, really, it would be stupid not to. You know, you got to look at the other ones. There's Rooney, there's uh, Costa, there's um, who else? Uh, Benteke. Aguero for me is no brainer. He's, you've got to you've got to play him. Um, and you know they're playing in West Brom this weekend, which away is is not a, a win-win. You know they're not going to romp it. And you know Pulis, Tony Pulis is a is a shrewd tactician, and he will grind out something. It's not going to be you know, but I, I still think that's it will win. But you know it's not going to be a like, whopping four-nil or anything like that. So, but he will he'll score goals. Okay, but now this is not all. Uh, it's not all about. Um, you know, starting 11, you've got to have a squad of 15 players. So I'm going to mosey on through now my final four, which are on the bench. My second goalkeeper, I chose Costel Pantillamon for 5 million. Sunderland's saviour last season. Without him, they probably would have been relegated and looking forward to a game against Mike Rovitz next year. But not this season, but no. Um, joining him on the bench, I've gone for West Brom's Chris Brunt. Tricky one, that little bad boy. Again, 5.5 million. You know, over the past four out of the past six seasons, this guy's knocked over a hundred points. You know, he's like a—he's one of them. Uh, you know, he doesn't steal the limelight. He's not a showboater, but he gets the gets the goals, gets the assists. You know, so at five point five, he's going to take a spot on my bench just in case something happens to any of my midfield free, and I'll bring him in. Um, and also on the bench, I've gone for another little dark horse, Swansea's Song Yongki for five point five million. Last year, bagged in eight goals. He was a bit of a fawn in my side. I never picked him, but I've got, uh, you know, he did my opponents, you know, it gave him good points and kind of, you know, uh, what's the thing? What's the, what's the phrase? Love him or hate him. Right now, i got to love him because he's in my team. Last season, hated the guy. Uh, and then finally, I've gone for my third and final rover, uh, Martin Olsen, a defender. Uh, he's a snip at 4.5 million. Um, last time he was in the Premier League, he chalked up 94 points. He'll start this season with an injury, so he won't play this weekend. But the, my boys on the bench, I'm not really fussed about, as long as uh, you know I'm under the 100 grand budget, 100 million budget. But that wraps up my squad. Uh, just a few rules before I move on to the next section of the show. Points can be won via a number of methods: goals, assists, clean sheets, etc. Uh, and uh, your points are doubled for your team captain. I've opted for Eden Hazard as my captain, so if he bags a goal, I think it's worth six points, it would be doubled up to 12. I'm hoping for a hat-trick to get me off to a winning start and, you know, bing up the points. Uh, also, they, this year they've, they've brought in some, these, some crazy rules, uh, crazy bonuses, such as all-out attack, which lets you change to a weird formation 2-5-3, which you can do normally for last season. Uh, triple captain, which triples your captain's points instead of doubling it, triples it. So you might want to, you know, look to play that at some point. And bench boost, which all, uh, which means the points of your players on the bench also count. Right now, for me, that would be a bust because 
Olsen's out. I've got some question marks on a couple of other players in the starting 11. So, uh, so playing that now this week would be stupid. Um, hopefully I'm still recording. Yes. Um, another rule to be aware of, you can make a transfer each each week. Uh, and if you don't make a transfer each week, this is the following week, you can make two transfers. It kind of rolls over. But it only rolls over for two. So you can't just stack up six weeks and go, oh, I'm going to have seven transfers or whatever. You can't do that. You can only do it for two at a maximum. You also get two wild cards. One wild card uh, from now until the end of the year, uh, you know, December 31st, and then the next one from January 1st to the end of the season. A wild card means you can transfer as many players as you like uh, without any charge because you can charge, you can transfer as many players as you want anyway, but it costs like four points to transfer, and that could be the uh, make or break at the end of the season. Merson predicts. Merson predicts. Over the years, I've noticed football pundits offering their predictions week in and week out with one pundit who seems to get a rough ride from all the you know fans out there. I'm talking about the legendary Paul Merson. People say he never gets it right. So I thought I would compare my notes, uh, you know, my predictions with his predictions. Each week, I'll try and inform the world of his weekly Premier League predictions and compare his to mine. I'll then put his results and his results, my results in a league, little mini league table just to show just to see who knows more. Him, Mr. Merson, ex-Arsenal Middlesbrough player, even Villa, or me, DC. So without further ado, here are this week's predictions. So, Manchester United versus Spurs. I've gone for a 2-0 victory. Man uh, Paul Merson has gone for a... So this week's fixtures. Uh, Manchester United versus Spurs. I've gone... Manchester United 2, Spurs 0. Paul Merson's gone for Manchester United 1, Spurs 0. Uh, next up, Bournemouth versus Aston Villa. I've gone for a 1-1 draw. Paul Merson's gone for a 2-0 victory for Bournemouth. Everton-Watford. I've gone for a 2-1 victory to Everton. Paul Merson has gone for a 2-0 victory for Everton. Uh, next up, Leicester versus Sunderland. And, you know, I think that's already a relegation six-pointer, but I've gone for a 0-0 draw, whereas Mr. Merson has gone for 2-1 in favour of Leicester. Then it's Norwich versus Crystal Palace, the highly fancied Crystal Palace. I've gone for a 2-0 victory for Crystal Palace. Mr. Merson, on the other hand, has gone for a 3-1 victory in favour of the Palace. Next up, Chelsea current champions against Swansea. I've gone for a 3-0 victory for Chelsea. Paul Merson's gone for a 2-0 victory for Chelsea. Arsenal's opening match against West Ham. Well, you know Mr. Merson's an Arsenal fan, a gooner by heart. Uh, I've gone for a 2-0 victory. Uh, he has gone, as expected, for the Gunners 3-zip. Um, Next up, Newcastle Southampton. Now, this is a tasty little affair here. Uh, I've gone for a 2-2 draw. Uh, Merson has also gone for a draw, but 1-1. Next up, Stoke versus Liverpool. I've gone for a 2-1 victory for Stoke, whereas Merson has gone for 1-1. Uh, everybody is all square in that one. 
Uh, finally, West Brom 1, Man City 2, and that's the same score Mr. Merson is going for. So we'll see. Uh, next week, we'll take a look at see who got what right and who got what wrong, and we'll just see how good Mr. Merson actually is. Only time will tell. Match of the week. Over the course of the season, I will showcase each and every club in the Premier League in at least one match of the week segment. This week's honour goes to the opening match of the season, Manchester United versus Tottenham Hotspur. So let's kick off with Manchester United. In goal, no-brainer for me, Peter Schmeichel, as he's possibly the best goalkeeper ever in the Premier League. A position that United have struggled to replace ever since he's since he packed his bags way back when, whenever that was. In defence, I opted for Gary Neville, Rio Ferdinand, Yapstam, and possibly a surprise pick, Dennis Irwin. Any questions? Didn't think so. Moving to midfield. Okay, a bit of a weird four-man midfield here with David Beckham, Roy Keane, Cristiano Ronaldo and Ryan Giggs. Not sure how they'll shape up, but that's the best I can come up with. Tasty, I know. Up front, I went for the legend, Eric Cantona, and the Dutch bad boy, Rude Van Nistelrooy. As for Tottenham, I've gone for some past and present uh, players in their starting eleven. In goal, current number one, Hugo Lloris. He takes the jersey for me. I don't think they've been as blessed as United with uh, goalkeepers in the past. So was, so Lloris was a clear pick for me. Defence, I've opted for Jan Vertonghen, Ledley King, Gary Mabbott and current Galactico, Gareth Bale. King might have been injury prone, but he was always rock solid. A shame you had to retire early because of his injuries. Vertonghen was a bit of a wild card. I think he's good, but great, but not great. But he still makes my current eleven. Into midfield, I've got to for ex-England international Darren Anderton, Luka Modric, Raphael van der Vaart, and the Frenchman Division Olaf. Modric was a no-brainer, as was van der Vaart, after his brief spell at White Hart Lane. And up front, I went for the classic German Jurgen Klinsmann and ex-United player Teddy Sheringham. Spurs have always had a decent amount of good to average strikers in the past, but I felt that Jurgen and Teddy were uh, good enough to lead the line. So there you have it. That's my first fantasy football dream team match of the week. Bit of a mouthful, but there it is. Now that Final whistle. So that just about wraps up episode one. You can keep up to date with me at Fantasy Football USA by clicking on the subscribe button, wherever that may be. And if you want more information, I'm on Twitter and Facebook. Details are in this description. And in the words of a very famous Norwich City owner, let's be out.